0: The VHS Vault. I'm Jason, and of course, right next to me is my co host Jason.
1: Yeah, hello, Welcome,
0: sir. Uh, well, should I say, howdy, howdy to you, too. I feel this is a bit of a good old boys' night tonight. So, if you haven't seen by the thumbnail already, we're talking Cannonball Run, Cannonball,
1: Cannonball, cannonball.
0: 1981. It was released, Jason. And uh, can I give a description of how i would put this in a category of film to me this movie is a good old boys blockbuster this is very southern american southern kind of attempt at a massive blockbuster
1: i i would agree i would say it's a star-studded version of the wacky races Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or even gumball rally you could yes it's it's a it's a live action cartoon Yes. There are no consequences to anything. Nobody has to pay for their actions. It's just pure wish fulfillment.
0: It is. And it, and it's such a fantastical concept, the cannibal Run. Does it shock you to know that that race actually existed in the 70s?
1: It did. Uh, I had heard that it did, but it was one of those things where I think that I... In my memories of this movie, I kind of combined this movie with the sequel and Smokey and the Bandit and maybe a couple of other car race Mm. comedies. So I wasn't sure what happened and what didn't. Was the cannonball run real or was was it not? It actually was a real race. And the ambulance that Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise drives in the movie was the same ambulance that uh, that the director and the screenwriter raced in the cannonball run in so it was an actual cannonball run race car
0: and and which was amazing to hear yeah, the amazing. fact that they entered the last one and apparently the thing kicked ass that's why they decided to make an ambulance the main car for the the leads of the film yeah. and you know it um, made
1: sense yeah. it, it, even even logically it made sense if you wanted to go really fast and not get pulled over ambulance ambulance
0: now i'm going to go back to the thumbnail again because of a the poster which i absolutely love of this movie i think it's a drew struzan i think we would agree maybe i'm looking for his signature um but it's not there but look at that cast i mean in 19 in 1981 that is a blockbuster cast. I mean, you've got Burt Reynolds there, who at that time, Jason, is at maximum star power. Yes,
1: he actually set a record for being paid the most money to be in this movie. I think it was $5 million, which today is like nothing. I think I think the extras get paid $5 million nowadays. <laughs> but yeah... It, it's it, it really is. You just look at all these different characters in this movie, all these different actors, and you're just like, wow, this is like a who's who of 1981.
0: And we'll it, it's, kind of, it's yeah. kind of sad.
1: It's kind of sad whenever you ever look at that poster and realize only two of them are still with us: Adrian wow. Barbo and um, oh, I just—it's not Alan Alda, the man who played Klinger on on a match. Uh, Jamie Farr. Jamie Farr, yeah, those are the only two who are still so, with yeah. us.
0: That's crazy. You know, um, what was interesting about you mentioned about Burt Reynolds uh, get given $5 million, he did not want to do this movie. And he, I, I don't know
1: why. Why would you not want to do this movie? Well, and in
0: his head, by the time he'd finished filming Smoke in the Band of Part Two, he had declared to the director, the same director, Hal Needham, that he is never racing in a car in a movie again for the rest of his career. Well, that's why they put him in an ambulance. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But I think once he knew the type of film he was going to be making, uh, he was on board. Because what Burt Reynolds was also very smart at that time was picking the right projects for himself.
1: Yes. Now, yes, he was. the
0: audience, he was a great dramatic actor, no doubt about that, Burt Reynolds. But the audience loved Burt Reynolds for that version of Burt Reynolds that we get in this movie because it's the same version we get in Smokey and the Bandit, that kind of cheeky, charming kind of,
1: you know, lead
0: character that's kind of in on the joke the whole time. So yes.
1: And uh, Burt Reynolds said of this movie, I did not that film for all the wrong reasons. I never liked it. I did it to help out a friend of mine, Hal Needham, the director. And I also felt it was immoral to turn down that kind of money. <laughs> that's fair i suppose i I suppose i sold out so i really couldn't object to what people wrote about me you know what selling out is just another way of saying you're successful that's all it is
0: well a lot of films that have a long legacy um and this film does in my opinion it's you know yeah we still talk about it you know and it's kind of film you may show your kids at some point although we'll talk about some of the problems it has these days um but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he made a project that, you know, Siskel and Ebert destroyed critically. This oh, film yeah. was hated across the board when it came out. But like those legacy films, it built an audience Like over the years. The audience loved it. The critics didn't. Let's go back to this cast, Jace. I've got to start reeling out some of these names. So we have Burt Reynolds, obviously, as the lead. We've got Dom DeLuise. We've got Roger Moore. Farrah Fawcett, Adrian Barbeau, we just watched her the other week in the Swamp Thing. Dean Martin, of course, and Sammy Davis Jr. and Jamie Farr, let alone there's cameos by others in the other. Shirley MacLaine is listed in this movie, but I never saw her in this one. She was in the sequel, as far as I'm concerned. And of course, Jackie Chan in his yes. first Hollywood
1: role. Yes. Uh, Jackie Chan, by the way, very upset whenever he uh, got to the set and found out that he was playing a Japanese man because Jackie well, Chan is Chinese and he was very upset when well, he thought he was wondering playing a Chinese that. man.
0: I was actually wondering that in the film because there is a scene where they're clearly on a Japanese game show, but when him and his partner are talking to each other, I'm thinking, oh, is that in Chinese or Mandarin? So mm-hmm. they're, And then I'm thinking, no, nah, that wouldn't happen and you wouldn't have Chinese guests on a Japanese show. They're not friends of each other. Um, so, yeah, he had to, well, what a challenge if he was talking Japanese.
1: Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I don't have that kind of ear for language. No. I can barely tell the difference between English and French at times.
0: Oh, the, the fact that I'm even able to articulate English right now is just a small miracle. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I mean, the movie, look, we we should really get kicking into it. Let's get into our first segment, which is. Well, we've done background info. So I'm not even good at running this, but who cares? Let's just go into the. First. Well, I'm going to start this off one off, Jace, because I fine. You just go right I'm ahead. I'm just taking over. Yeah, I'll just do whatever. I, don't I want. know why I'm here. <laughs> Uh, i saw this at the cinema i was dragged to this at the age of seven would i have been seven no eight at the time see this in the cinema and remember walking out at eight in my frame of reference going this is the single greatest film i've ever seen in my life <laughs> at eight years old in 1981 considering culture and society where we were at this place for me that was almost the perfect movie and i watched this movie on repeat early to the mid 80s dozens of times because it felt very safe this movie you know there's nothing really too hard to tackle as an eight-year-old you know it's it's very like that so my memories of a kid were very significantly positive of this film what about you jace
1: uh same thing i i watched this movie a bit later I think it was another movie that came on Showtime that aired quite a bit. And looking back, I honestly don't remember if I saw this first or if I saw the sequel first. I might have even saw Smokey and the Bandit and thought that it was the same movie as this. They all just kind of melded together. So watching this movie was sort of a experience in deconstructing memories that I had as a child. Uh, Same thing. I thought the movie was a lot of fun. It was easy to digest, uh, especially with a young mind who didn't understand a whole lot. It was, let's get in car and go fast. Ha ha, look at that man. He's wearing, he's, 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 he's James Bond. Ha ha, look at that man. He's, you know, those, those, those guys have a very cool car that has all these computers on inside. Ha ha, that guy is dressed up like a superhero. That was, that's this movie. I mean, it's, it's. I don't want to say harmless because I think there are some things that have kind of evolved into harmful and I think that they were kind of harmful at the time. Maybe we weren't quite as aware of it. But overall, I think that there is a rather beautiful innocence to this movie.
0: And 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 you've kind of led into it, and let's kind of kick into that, which is the next segment it is now. After we watch After rewatching it, Jason, After you can go first it. this time because I, w- I, I think was, I was this is messaging a bit paradigm shifting. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was messaging you watching this movie, going, "Oh my gosh, Jamie Farr's character is so racist." Uh, is- Jamie Farr, in case you don't know, is a white man who was playing a sheik in this movie, and this was coming off of the Ar- Iran hostage crisis of the late seventies, early eighties. And there was a lot of anti-Muslim um, sentiment in the world, much like there was post 9-11. And this character fed into it so much. Uh, it- watching it now, I, I did not laugh at a single joke because I was just watching it like this, like, oof. No, no, no.
0: You've not only got a problem with the racial side and the very offensive, simplistic stereotype. Again, us being eight at that time, we weren't conceptually understanding what was going on. It is so egregiously offensive. Not only that, the character doesn't really do anything in this
1: movie. He really kind of just that.
0: disappears at the end.
1: He um, really doesn't, and you know one thing. I I kind of notice is that there there are other ethnic stereotypes in this movie. The uh, the the Japanese car team, uh, where you will find Jackie Chan, for example, mm-hmm. stereotypical. But with them, it's almost like I don't want to say it's a fun stereotype because there's really no such thing as a fun stereotype. No. But there there is a sense of merriment with it, and we're having fun with this. Because even at their cores, these two characters, they're they're just people.
0: They got the same kind of desires and they got the same same kind of desires and need as
1: everyone else. And of course, Jackie Chan (laughs) is incredibly entertaining in this role. The man is a the man is a superstar entertainer. With Jamie Farr's sheet character, it's mean spirited. It is all about cynical. Well, it's,
0: yeah, and it's very um, egregiously attacks the whole Middle Eastern culture with this. He's grandiose, he's rich, he just throws money at the problems to do it, and he could do whatever he wants. And that's really offensive, like by today's standards, but it is 1981. We're less emotionally intelligent at that point as a culture. We're far less sensitive to other people's um cultural situations um i don't forgive that and do not it is not an excuse but we as human people are evolving so i think those films as much as we could attack it all day long and say you know this is wrong we have to accept that that's the film that they made and we learn from that and we sometimes need to look past those things. And I think anyone who's watching or watching along with us or for discovering content from 30, 30 years ago are going to find in most popular films problems. Yes. Especially, and here, when you want to talk about the other problems here is some of the representational women in this film. Oh, my It's God. pretty bad. Like, you could even turn around and go the Farrah Fawcett character who is played to be this numbskull, hidden nymphomaniac who's just there to be ogled at. I mean, they literally kidnap kidnapper, and this film goes, that's okay, because we're yes, having a good there's time. There's
1: lots of... There There were an uncomfortable number of sexual assault jokes in this movie, and yeah. I was just kind of like, wow. You know, it." this movie is so lighthearted and so fun, and then all of a sudden they drop something on you that you're just like, that is wrong.
0: Can I say, <laughs> I think the line was, was wrong? Um, so what did you think was gonna happen here? I don't know, a gangbang. Yeah, We're racist, like- not rapists. And I'm going, why did that interaction need to actually happen yeah. at all? It wasn't funny, it wasn't driving the plot forward in any way, and it wasn't particularly romantic considering you're both lensing your two main stars in these soft lenses backlit to make them look as beautiful as possible. And you drop sexual assault jokes. It's bizarre.
1: But, you to know, me. Back, in the, back in the early 80s, everybody made those kind of jokes. So it's a, it sign, was accepted. It a sign of the times back then. Again, not yeah. excusing it, but I do think that it's important that you look at some of, these things, scenes, uh, some of these scenes through a sociological and historical lens. Why did these happen? Not saying it's okay that they happen, but why did they happen?
0: And why it is important to be ever vigilant moving forward, that we don't go backward, that we move forward from that stuff. I even have a problem with Adrian Barbeau and the Lamborghini. And, hey, who's wearing Lycra for 32 (laughs) hours straight? You're going to cross 3,000 miles and 32 hours, I think, 51 minutes is the record.
1: You're going to be swampy. Oh yeah, <laughs> it ain't gonna be comfortable. You're you're gonna unzip and like steam's gonna come out. That's right. So they're Steam unzip, and an showing alligator.
0: cleavage to these officers, <laughs> which is hypersexualized,
1: but it does pay off in the third job. I I was gonna say quite well. I I think that that was actually a master class in the three step joke, where you, yeah, you have to have three steps to a joke. And you know, at first I was like, "Yeah, this is this is hypersexualized. This is this is not a hundred percent appropriate. It's not offensive, but I don't know about yeah. this." And then the third time comes up, and you're like, "Oh, okay, Miss Tess- like Mocker. That. That's funny, Miss Tessmacher. That's right. <laughs> so that's right." So yeah.
0: Uh, was a Valerie. Burdle, uh, what's her name? Valerie. I can't remember her last time. Wonderful actress, but yeah, Superman. Um, but yeah. <laughs> But besides that, I can't think of too much else that i found problematic except how many times Dom DeLuise got slapped in this movie. <laughs> I,
1: I, I thought that some of the jokes made at Sammy Davis Jr.'s expense were kind of, I don't what know, it, it was they weren't even funny to me. It was just, oh, a black priest. And I'm th- i sitting there thinking here in 2023, yeah, a black priest. Yeah, so, so. I thought that
0: joke was iffy. Also, the joke when um burt reynolds and dean martin at the roadblock and they start firing insults at each other and then burt reynolds called him chocolate something i can't remember what the other word yes. was and i thought wow that's a that's not even funny dude yeah but again it was the time it, it like was, i will yeah. say sammy davis jr is well known and well you can research this you can watch many interviews uh was a big part of creating that type of comedy and we'd have the final say in a lot of this stuff of whether that joke was going to be used or not that doesn't excuse it again but again frame from the time because i don't want to paint a picture that sammy davis jr was racially vilified in this movie he enjoyed being in this movie enough that he came back for the sequel
1: um, oh yeah you can tell that these the yeah. majority of these actors had a good time doing it.
0: and that's what i want to get past let's move past the negative everybody's <laughs> having a blast in this movie They
1: were, James. and you know for as much as uh burt reynolds talks about how he didn't want to do this movie he sure is hiding it well
0: oh man the interaction immediately between him and dom DeLuise is like a warm hug
1: it is the fact is. that
0: they the way they bounce off each other um is so wonderful even in that and the moment that dom Delawise oh wouldn't it be so great we have them and then and him and, and burt reynolds hits his and that that moment <laughs> which i'm showing up on the screen now um and that moment is just wonderful it's, it's cool it's called cool post-production jace Oh, okay. post-production. <laughs> I'll cut this? that out. I I'm going to keep... cut this out anyway, Jace, but what I'm going to do is st-
1: instead of playing I keep forgetting it, this isn't live.
0: Yeah, I'm going to st- – afterwards, I'm going to add all the bits okay. over okay. the top.
1: Yeah, so it's all good.
0: <laughs> cut that, and now we begin again. Uh, what was I talking about? Ah, yeah. So Dom DeLuise, like, to me – I've only seen him in movies like The End. I don't know if you ever remember that movie about suicide. Very dark comedy with Burt Reynolds. I've seen him a couple other things, but man, him and Captain Chaos as an eight year old kid, man, I was in. I loved it so me much.
1: Me too. I wanted. I wanted a Captain
0: Chaos movie. I wanted the outfit. I begged me my mum, "Could you make me an outfit?" <laughs> dun, 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 dun dun and, and the so... fact that not that not only is he going through this he he gets the strength that he needs like yes. it is questionable whether it's in his head or he indeed is a superhero in this film i think that it it's all just goes towards
1: it goes towards the premise that this is a live action cartoon that it is oh. absurd and it makes no sense just yeah. having Dom DeLuise as a superhero yeah. for no reason was just terrific.
0: It was terrific. You know what I especially love, especially with those two, is how they came to the point of choosing the ambulance. The fact that we got a shot of them—what was it—in a plane, which they land to get some beers. No,
1: to, no consequences. No, no consequences. consequences. It's a, it's how a cartoon.
0: Mind you, let's not even get into the whole drinking and driving concept in this movie, which is totally embraced and supported.
1: Well, you know, back whenever they made this movie, it was not illegal to drink in your car.
0: It was just like, give
1: me a beer. We've got another eight hours till we're getting to Wally World. (laughs) Anyway, he flies, and then they go to speedboat,
0: almost, uh, yeah, create a crash. We don't know if anyone died in that accident. No, But I love the fact where they realise... And do you know the guy in the ambulance who they say? Hey, how long ago? That was actually the director, How Needham.
1: The which which guy playing
0: the guy in the back of the ambulance the, telling the, both Dom and Bert?
1: Oh yeah, we could get there the in two minutes. The creepy doctor was the director.
0: No, no, the guy at the back of the ambulance who, when they have the accident in the speedboat,
1: oh, okay. and he's got the neck, okay. and
0: they get to that moment where they it occurs to him an ambulance is is the right thing to to kind of go with i kind of loved all that
1: i did too and it makes logical sense in an illogical movie and I yes just, i love whenever characters in a farce are smart
0: yeah yeah. i i also love the introduction of what's his name in this movie it's not james bond he's pretending to be he's, roger he's moore. roger moore he thinks he, he's roger moore Yes. yes, which I love the conceit of this film. He's not Roger Moore and he's not James <laughs> Bond. He happens to look like Roger Moore, so he's pretending he's both Roger Moore and James Bond at the same time. It's so and dumb. It works. It's so dumb and I love it. <laughs> you know what? He, he Because of this film, apparently it was written in all the James Bond contracts afterwards that you could never do a parody of yourself or the character in a movie again.
1: Yes. Uh cubby know.
0: broccoli saw it and was like, man, I should sue them.
1: Well, there's no contract that says they can't do it. <laughs> they can't do it. But yeah.
0: it was a genius move because it it's the somebody. right fun element to bring into it. You know? It, it and was. Roger Moore
1: is having an absolute blast with this. <laughs> I I love the fact that this contract that they ended up coming up with for all the James Bond actors was so specific that they couldn't even wear a tuxedo yeah. in a movie that was released at the same time they were playing James Bond. For example, well, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, whenever he was in the Thomas crown affair, the suit that he wears isn't buttoned up at the top. So it wasn't technically a tuxedo. Oh, you, yeah. It's see, that's so, so crazy. I love it. I love well, movies that come along and ruin things.
0: Well, you know, this came out the same year as For Your Eyes Only. So Roger Moore was actually appearing in a James Bond film the same year this was released. And uh, th- that For Your Eyes Only made half the box offers of Cannonball Run. And you've got to remember, this is 1981 um, dollars. It grossed box office locally. That's just in the US, $160 million, which you could equate to now maybe a half a million dollar return on a film that was budgeted at around 18 million dollars this thing was a cash cow
1: it was um, yes
0: yeah so yeah James Bond but anyway I loved Roger Moore in this I particularly also like seeing because I was a kid that grew up watching a lot of Dean Martin Jerry Lewis films that was as a young boy they used to be on TV a lot um so I loved Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr not as familiar with but uh, of course knew him but they great they create a very irresponsible fun element to this film. Cause they both play alcoholic people who are dressed up like priests, who are <laughs> hitting on women as quickly as they can. And uh, and betting on the entire race, which I just thought. It's was-
1: just great. That's just such a rat pack thing to do. I'm kind of oh, surprised they didn't I'm surprised they didn't get uh Frank Sinatra to at least show up in a cameo at one point, or Jerry well, Lewis or somebody like that's that. That's
0: the sequel. Remember, did he show up in that movie? I, they I go to, to re- re- meet him.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, they all go and meet Frank. Yeah, in that film. Well, I need to
1: rewatch. I need to rewatch the sequel. I suppose either yeah, that or we yeah. need to put it on the wheel.
0: Well, we'll have to put it on the wheel. But the sequel to me does not live up to the fun of this film. Quickly for the other cast members, Adrian Barbeau. Geez, you know She's what? Amazing she's amazing she's yeah. just talented and even in her scenes she seems to be always in control of the scene no matter what her part is in it, even if she's just standing there silent adrian Barbo draws the eye and she takes command incredible um farrah Fawcett was probably now i'd only seen her in charlie's angels before this but she sh- sh- yeah, I think this is the first time we got indication that she actually had acting talent because it's a very vacuous role, but her ability to pull it off was very good in my oh, opinion. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. And I think that runs out that like Jamie Farr and The Sheik, yeah, man, eight-year-old, I thought it fun. Now, I just thought it was, as I said before, not even really integral to the plot in it's any way.
1: Mean. It's just there to be mean. Man, yeah.
0: Uh, and Jackie Chan playing the, the, the Japanese and his offsider yeah I agree with you too Jase. It's, it's offensive but they're in on it and the fact that they do certain things in that film, the fact they're always arguing um, that the, the Jackie Chan's offsider is trying to pick up ladies put him in the car that's how it starts off which i love that and the fact that jackie Chan has needed was lonely and decided to put a a blue movie on while he's going at exorbitant speeds down a highway was hilarious
1: it's almost respectable in a way and you know that's one thing that i enjoy in english movies whenever you have a couple of characters who don't speak english and they're not subtitled but you can still kind of tell what they're saying to each other I don't know. There's something so appealing about that. It's almost like mime. Yeah. (laughs) And I just love it.
0: No, and actually, you know, I'm going to say it now. Jackie Chan also gets, he doesn't get a lot to do in this movie, but he gets enough, enough that we even get to see him show off his martial arts skills in that scene, the roadblock scene, in that fight. And he gets a 30-second moment, which is so Jackie Chan at the end of it, when he does the two-kick Yes, and then rips his pants. Yes, and I was going. That is so Jackie Chan because that's what he
1: did. It is, you know. And I, I also know that the uh, blooper reel at the end of this movie, Jackie Chan enjoyed it so much that he insisted that blooper reels be put at the end of his uh, of his martial arts movies.
0: And you know what i I was thinking,
1: you know, about this, Jason.
0: Is it the first time? that I think I'd ever seen blooper reels attached to an at end of a movie. I'd never seen it prior
1: I'd to never that. seen it either, and I thought it was and, wonderful.
0: And you're right. The only other time I saw it was Jackie Chan
1: movies. Yep.
0: When he started interesting seeing them. In fact, I would watch some horrible Jackie Chan movies. <laughs> Generally, they were American-made by this point. Just oh, yeah. to get to that blooper reel because they're amazing because the other thing about the difference between Jackie Chan's blooper reel and this blooper reel, Jackie Chan's usually involved with him getting severely hurt at some point through the blooper yes.
1: reel. Yes, you, know, you just kind of laugh man. and cringe. Like, yeah. ha, 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 oh, ha, ha, ha oh. It's like watching Jackass.
0: So 3,000 miles in 32 hours, i got to get across country. Jason, I'm not American, you are. Is that a viable
1: option? Could you how do much, it? In how many miles? In, I'm sorry, in how much time?
0: Well, they say the record's 32 hours and 51 minutes.
1: 32 hours and 51 minutes. Coast to coast? 3,000 miles. Don't um, they start at Pensacola or they end up at somewhere like that? I don't know, jogger. I suppose why. if you had a partner and you drove nonstop, it, it had would to be, nonstop. be doable, especially mm. if you went at a high speed. Yeah. But that would be a heck of a thing
0: yeah because
1: I, I drove a thousand miles in one stretch one time and i was almost dead to the world by the yeah. time i got done
0: because the one thing australia and america have in common is width. we're very close yes. width wise yes. so for me i can think about well that's going from sydney to perth like one side of the country to the other i don't know man i don't know if i can get that done but yeah it's a crazy concept and the, the fact that as i'm watching it go man i can't believe they actually legally did this like, how did the cops didn't just go and bust them as they're lining up getting their tickets, which is really odd to me. Why they? The seventies
1: were a different time. I don't know. They probably bought the cops some beer and was like, "Here, we, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna be drinking and driving. You have some too."
0: It's look, It's gonna be hard to cover all the best points in this film, but um, the whole bar scene before the night of the race starts. Um, I didn't mind. I thought there was some some really nice cute moments in there um i certainly like the i can't remember his name but he's the environmentalist here wanting to
1: he's the main villain of this I, i've been calling him walter peck because that's okay, who we'll you reminded
0: him, me of I, I'm with you yeah walter <laughs> peck um he is what a wonderfully comedic actor he was because yes he had to take a lot of the he's the punching bag of the movie and he had punched around a few times maybe not in the physical sense but the moment the two, the two good old boys, uh, I think there's a footballer. Is it Terry Bradshaw? Terry, Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw and Mel and Tillis. Mel Tillis. Mel Tillis. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's offensive these days, but I still found myself laughing at those guys. Even though they're doing the most irresponsible thing in the world and that is loading their car up full of beer yes. and driving drunk, i couldn't help myself at laughing at these guys and that moment where they start up the car and ridiculously the window blows out and uh uh who did we call him again what do we call him? walter, walter peck, peck. <laughs> walter peck falls down from there from walter peck um you know when uh, at that bar scene when these guys in the four-wheel drive crash through the barge so burt reynolds is like caught out he's the doctor who has to check him out you know the water gun Right, you have to make sure it doesn't get up the sinuses, squirt there, squirt in his balls. And I thought, <laughs> this is the level of comedy in this movie. No. And I'm in for it, you know.
1: A consequence-free chicanery, and I just love it. Oh,
0: it's just, yeah, you crash through an entire hotel and then you just go get a beer. Yeah. You, you
1: but, know something else I really respected about this movie is that there was not a whole lot of exposition. They barely even explained what the cannonball was. They respected, even though this was a dumb comedy, they respected the audience enough that mm. they thought the audience would understand. Yeah, it's a race. Okay, great. We don't need to explain anything. They all want to be in this race. Yeah. And it works.
0: Yeah. It works so well. And and you know, everyone's in on it. And the the fun energy they have with this movie is the fact that i don't think it's like this movie's a tight 95 minutes right we are looking at a two and a half hour uh, epic that we we tend to get this day and age which i have a real problem with um i love the fact that was tight within half an hour we're on the road we're starting this race and then we're getting just into ridiculous realms and that's the most amount of fun yeah um like to me one of the massive highlights of this film i've been waiting to get for this because i love dom and and bert in that role but the need makes no logical self why you would need a doctor but you know tasked with hey we need a doctor get me a doctor any old doctor and to be delivered this wonderful actor jack elam now you get what i'm talking about i think i referenced in the last show and you think of the doctor what an amazing performance because he is some of the funniest parts in this movie he stole every scene he
1: was in yes he did and the, the um, background music, every time he opened up the door, like... <singing> <laughs> he he was a very
0: popular actor in the 40s and 50s, Jace, because he was generally uh, cast as the villain in Westerns. So he had a quite a long career in Hollywood, being villains and B-grade Westerns or on TV and things like that. So he was a very talented actor. Um, and, yeah, his comedic timing was excellent. I mean, there's a moment... In the uh, the fight scene where it happens to be Dean Martin standing there and Jack Elam, like, injects somebody and goes down. Dean Martin looks at him in and goes, what does it taste like? I don't know. Drinks that and then goes, hmm. Just the way he licks his lips and then fades <laughs> off to the background. I'm killing myself. Yes. And the other scene where he goes, "Ah, oh, I've done it to myself all the time. to trying to uh, to inject Farrah Fawcett. Bert goes, oh i'd show a doc and go no show a doc does it and the reaction he has i just
1: lose it like i i apologize for all the background noises you're hearing i have a new kitten that is running back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and like running into walls so that's what that noise can you just
0: explain what the name of the kitten is (laughs) i think i just heard that can you please explain to the audience
1: Her, her name is battle cat
0: So what is Battle Cat doing? Protecting Castle Grayskull
1: right Yes, protecting Castle Grayskull from Mr. Taco. Hold on.
0: (laughs) This is hilarious.
1: This is what all the fuss is
0: about. Ah, well, that taco's got what it's coming to, as far as Battle Cat concerned. She thinks that maybe potentially that taco's part of the horde or on their way to Snake Mountain. You want to
1: talk about... I I think that this cat is Captain Chaos uh, uh, (laughs) resurrected. (laughs)
0: yeah so uh jace madcap we just you know we're just going it's just once they start this race it's kind of hard to follow because it's just joke after joke yes. after joke and we're just in the cutting back and forward between all these characters and all these snappy one-liners and situation it's just it's really firing on all cylinders at this point and a movie that is 41 years old it's got an energy and a pace to it that some movies these days lack.
1: Yes, and I fully agree, and I think that the key to this movie's success, even though the critics didn't really appreciate it, is that it is just scene after scene after scene after scene after scene. They they cut back and forth, so that way if, you know, for example, Jamie Farr's Sheik shows up, even though it's offensive and stupid and not funny, He's only there for a minute or two, and then he's gone. They're not there long enough. And, you know, now we're back with, you know, Mel Tillis and Terry Bradshaw, or we're back with with Dom and Bert, or, you know, Adrian Barbeau and and Herb Barboobs trying to get out of tickets. You know, it's it's very quick cuts, and I like that even though some of the scenes may not land, before you realize they're not landing, they're over.
0: Exactly. And that's why themes of drinking and driving, sexual assault, uh, kidnapping... Racial vilification is very buried because you're not with it long enough to really let it offend you or affect you, and a maliciousness does not exist in any frame of this film. Nothing about this is malicious. It's misguided, but it's not malicious. It's all about the fun, Um, you know. But Jace, you know, we talked about this film already quite a bit, but we've remissed is this one of the great theme songs for a movie
1: the opening of this it's a good theme song i don't think it's one of the best though but it's a good one and it's a catchy one it's an earworm you know why because
0: it sets the tone of the movie immediately It doesn't hide things. This isn't, you know, a horror film will sometimes play a classic old song that isn't appropriate to sell a scene. No, this is telling you what it is. It's got that high energy kind of good old boys rock and roll, which I'm not a massive fan of, but I think the film is perfectly, the music in the the theme song is perfectly fit for this movie, you know? Um, Most of this movie, all these stars are never together for just about all this movie. Except for, okay, I think Skeletor is attacking Castle Skull. so Battle Cat is <laughs> going nuts. That's hilarious. Jason's going to have so much cleanup to do
1: after this. This thing show. is going in the cage next time we do one of these shows. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: I think Battle Cat's just into it's what just, we're into.
1: It's just like doing this all around my feet. It's just... Ch- 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 She's doing her own cannonball run in the floor. I guess so. so. <laughs>
0: Just cannonball, Cat cannonball cannonball. cannonball, cannonball. It's such a catchy song. I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna go back to that. So, but yeah, I mean, Jace, like anything, highlights that really stick out <laughs> to you about this film, except the fact that most of your collection is going to be on the floor. I know. What's Battlecat doing?
1: She is right behind. She's playing in a paper bag. Ah, beautiful. I love it yeah
0: i love it folks can i have that give me that
1: okay there we go it's a cat (laughs) it's a catnip bag so of course now she's you know she's drinking and driving okay things that things that stuck out to me it's just the overall sense of fun innocent mischief consequence-free chicanery and i just i just love that because it just seems like movies today have to have some kind of deep-seated moral or you have to have characters who behave in ethical ways mm. uh the bad guys will always lose the good guys will always win none of that exists in cannonball run it is the literally the good
0: guys don't
1: yeah make. it is literally every man and woman for themselves um we i've i must have said consequence free so many times during this show today but that's the only thing i can think of is that it's just consequence free it's it's literally a bugs bunny cartoon it's the wacky races you can blow something up and you're okay in the next scene and i yeah. i just find that just such a wonderful silly throwback and even though this movie does have some very drastic problems with the way that it portrays some people in some some situations i love that i love the innocence behind this movie the the fact that this is a live action cartoon and i i was telling you the other day this is a movie that i actually think hollywood should remake they that should, was they my should next question continuation.
0: let's get into that quickly before we, we wrap things up i can't think of a film in my uh, there are two films that i am stunned that we don't have great ver- uh, what haven't been remade one is this is bias one is masters of the universe we all know that's right for a a film remake here we go and um of course cannonball run cannonball run she just knocked my light over no way <laughs> <laughs> she's trashing your place dude oh my god cannonball run worst. had two sequels did you see both sequels did you know about cannonball fever
1: I did not know about Cannonball Fever and I didn't know about Speed Zone until I was researching this. Uh, oh, I'm I had no sorry. Idea.
0: Cannonball, I, Speed Zone's called Cannonball Fever down here.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I did not know about that movie. I only knew about the first two. So that's. Do you know who's in the cast of that one? I have I think not. John
0: Candy's in that film. Eugene Levy. Oh, kidding me. oh in wow. Cannonball Fever. Yeah.
1: Is Burt Reynolds back for that one? No.
0: He was done after number two. Um, okay. Now, they've attempted to do really large ensemble kind of things moving forward, not Cannibal Run. The only thing I can think of that steps out to me is a movie called Rat Race. They did I loved Rat Race. It's the same kind of concept, a group yes. of people chasing for something. Uh, I really love that. Though that's probably more in common with Mad, 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 Mad World. Yes, um, which is
1: that. also a great movie.
0: Brilliant film. Um, or Ocean's Eleven, just the fact that you've got a group of, Big stars together, you know, it would be too expensive if they all took their proper fee, but they're kind of together and they're bouncing off. But this film, absolutely, you could remake and you could have a lot of fun with. Now, Jason, we were chatting about this a little bit in the chat, and you've got some really cool ideas of yes. what you would put so- in it.
1: You would you would need the uh, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise characters. We we kind of disagreed a little bit on who would play Burt Reynolds. You said mm. you thought it should be Ryan Gosling. I said Channing Tatum. Honestly, I think either one of them would, would I think that would both
0: have shown really great comedic oh chops. Uh, Channing Tatum, 21 and 22 Jump Street is all you need to say. Yes. very funny and ryan gosling's i love a movie called the nice guys you know, such a great him, movie I, yes i love that film and i thought ryan gosling was hilarious in yeah for
1: the uh for the dom de character i said jack black jack black would be perfect for that no um yep. the farrah fawcett character i think mina mina coolness and for yeah. and for the doctor ron perlman somebody who's just off-putting and scary put ron perlman back there <laughs>
0: It'd be and
1: great. then I, my idea Or Kurtwood
0: Smith, I would say. Kurtwood Kurt
1: Smith. Smith would be a lot of fun too. I got a soft spot for for uh, Ron Perlman though, so we he's could put, hey, put Kurtwood Smith. He'd be
0: our number one. Kurtwood Smith would be if we couldn't get yeah Ron, we'd go for Kurtwood.
1: <laughs> so the other racers, you could film them. You could get some of these racers and film them in a car over two days, and you'd have enough scenes for them to be in the movie. So I was thinking. In one car, we could have Elvira and Dolly Parton. Amazing. In another car, bring Jackie Chan back. But his new partner is Chris Tucker. They're not playing oh. their characters in Rush Hour. It's just literally Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker.
0: Yeah, they're playing themselves.
1: And they're playing themselves.
0: Is that, is that your version of kind of uh, spinning off the Roger Moore concept? Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking just have uh, Pierce Brosnan. Just do the, playing somebody who thinks he's Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan thinking that he's James Bond. Or you not know James what I Bond. thought about? Uh, yep. J- he keeps calling himself Jason Bourne because he can't <laughs> even get it right. Can't that way, it. you know, we don't get sued. I uh,
0: thought about that one. Sorry, before you go on. My spinoff for the Roger Moore thing would actually have Vin Diesel playing Vin Diesel. Well, doing the same thing as Roger Moore. Have a guy who looks like Vin Diesel who thinks he's Dom. From Fast and the Furious. Because I think that, that would, would keep funny. it relevant. That would be yeah. funny. <laughs> keep going, um, Josh. Who have you got?
1: I was thinking, again, just just one or two days worth of work, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone in a car together.
0: That would be so amazing.
1: Uh, Chris Pine and Ethan Peck. They're not playing Kirk and Spock. Maybe they're playing no. a couple of bullies who like go to yeah. sci-fi conventions to beat people up.
0: Well, you've got Ethan. Did you mean Ethan Peck or do you mean... Because so you've got then.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, not Ethan Peck. Um, Zachary Because That would is what work too. To that would, yeah.
0: They could just be arguing what's better, the movies or the new show. Yeah, that would be
1: funny. <laughs> um, you could get Natalie Portman and Daisy Ridley in one car. <laughs> I just think that would be funny. And you know what
0: you would do with him? This sounds awful. I'm probably everything goes perfect for him because they're both Mary Sue's. You play on the thing that they that Daisy Ridley was accosted for in the Star Wars movies. And you make that that they just perfected everything.
1: And uh, the final well, not the final card, there would be more, but John Cho and Cal Penn just have those oh, two hang out. Yeah. And just, just have them go like this the entire time, like Is it just or Is this stone the
0: whole time? I would have it that they never go over thirty miles an hour because yes. they're too high to go fast. Yes. But <laughs> in my
1: in my script, these two would win. Yeah, somehow. Somehow they would win. <laughs> somehow. You'd, you they know, they go get how the heck did these two win? How did you even get ahead of us?
0: We have no idea. Actually, that's genius. <laughs> and I'll tell you why that's genius. Because then you're going into you are framing it the turtle on the hair moral.
1: Yes. Aren't you?
0: So we're getting to bring that element in. That's steady and yes.
1: that wins the race. It's oh, beautiful. I've got-, I've got one more. I, I used to be a big fan of Speed Racer. So we would have a Racer X character who's masked the entire time. And you would oh, never know their identity. can we get Matthew back? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Oh,
0: Yeah, Is he. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. The guy that played him in the movie Speed Race, Matthew, uh, the guy from
1: Lost. Oh, no, no, no. He He's he's a problematic actor. Really. Oh, is he yeah.
0: problematic now, oh, yeah. Oh, well, if he didn't have his mask on, it could be anyone, didn't it? Yeah. but,
1: but my, my thinking is, you know, this, this mask character is always there to save the day or prevent disaster, and then at the, end, at the end of the movie, they take off their mask, and it's somebody so unexpected, somebody like Barack Obama or... <laughs> You know, I don't know Prince Harry, somebody just somebody Oprah. huge, Oprah, yeah, Oprah would somebody, be amazing. Somebody huge, like a world newsmaker. And oh, you know, I know this
0: would be problematic, but you get someone would be like a Bezos or an Elon. Oh, <laughs> both problematic for their own reasons. But if you want to throw it out there, that's what you. Would, yeah, I mean, you, you,
1: know? you just somebody huge, just somebody like yeah. I can't believe that they were in this movie. Yeah. You know, something like that.
0: I'd get Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson to share a car. Oh, my gosh. Because, you know. Only if they went <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but what you're bringing up and what you're highlighting is the great potential of a movie like this. It is so interchangeable. Um, you, There are so many options available to create a fun You know, throw it. And you know what? I think Hollywood's soon going to get to that point where it's the right time for a new Cannonball Run movie because we are going through a period of extreme social and cultural education, learning, evolving. There comes a time where we're going to have to just kind of blow off a little bit of steam. Not in an inappropriate way, but, you know, be bipartisan. Who cares if it's left right whatever as long as they're not you know weirdos or anything but you know just bring in from all walks of life from the movie industry putting them together even tv tv is at the same level as movies now <laughs> mate i would love to see um walter white and what's the name
1: share a car oh walter white Breaking and bad and uh um, yeah. aaron um, paul aaron paul that would be fun
0: that would be i'd go down that track
1: you know what i mean like oh, there were so many things that you could do with it you know, and, you know um, some of these actors honestly you could they could just have one scene in the movie and that's it you wouldn't even have I, to film them at the same time if their schedules wouldn't match up just you know do a do a split screen and make it look like they're in this car together
0: i remember back in 2001 seeing oceans 11 and going oh man if that cast was doing a cannibal run movie i'd flip out it would be amazing
1: Because it would have been back
0: then. You had George Clooney in his prime. You had Barry Pritt. You had Matt Damon. You had all these other – like – and I think that's the movie it deserves. You can't – this is the key to the success of this movie. You have to have two or three massive names to lead it. Because if you don't get your top names, the rest of it won't work. You can have, you know, television – and I'm not Delineham – or people who are not as famous – as a supporting cast all day long, but you need those those winners. You know, if, it, if the movie was made six years ago, The Rock and Kevin Hart would have been the two stars in it. <laughs> thankfully, it won't be now, because um, their time is coming to an end. Thankfully, yeah. Um, but you know, I think it's it's a wonderful concept. It's a movie, with, like you said, with all its problems, it still holds up. If if I would recommend this movie,
1: I would I absolutely. Would, I would too. Warts and all, I would. I would disclaimer. There's
0: a disclaimer. I would say to people in the beginning who maybe go, "Look, there's a couple of things, but you've got to let it go." But yeah, battle cat. I got it. You got it. It's gorgeous. I got it. Little kitten. Oh, she's
1: a. Oh, ow. Yeah, she's a sweet little kitty. She's just kind of. She's. I don't know if
0: she looks sweet. But I think the evidence is showing she's not acting sweet.
1: No, she she. But the thing is, she's purring right now. I don't know.
0: All right, she wants to cuddle. Well, you know, it's a film that I wouldn't have not thought we would have spun so early on in this little journey. But I'm glad we did. It's a fun film. It's probably, um, yeah, out of the films that we've watched between what Ator Swamp Thing and this is probably the one I've. Enjoyed the most, not including our Friday Thirteenth. So I've had a blast doing this one for sure.
1: Yeah, th- this is my reaction. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's my reaction. Total I enjoyed code. it, warts yeah. and all. I enjoyed it. I would, yeah. I would watch it again. I kind of want to seek out the sequels. Then again, I kind of want to wait until we see if we we spend them on the wheel. So yeah,
0: I would wait. Honestly, I honestly think this is a film that stands alone, and the sequels are definitely part of the laws of diminishing returns um yeah so and that's only my advice but you may actually like the other ones more than this one uh, interestingly enough though with cannonball fever that's canadian production
1: and this one was a uh, I, oh gosh this was a foreign production as well that was teamed up with americans i want to say hong kong
0: yeah something like yeah. that but what i mean with cannonball Fever or speed zone is just, I think it's all set in Canada if I remember. Oh, like it's Vancouver fine. and thing. If I, well, I haven't seen this since nineteen eighty nine when it first came out. I only watched it once, but that was my impression. So it's
1: so. like cannonball run, only people are more polite.
0: It's like SCT made cannonball <laughs> run. That's the best way to put it. Oh, that SCT. Would be fun. Uh SCTV. That would be fun. So John Candy, Eugene Levy's, all that crew. Rick Moranos, I think, is in it as oh, well. I love
1: Rick moranos I miss so,
0: Rick. So yeah
1: yeah absolutely
0: so that's it jace we've finished this now next week on the vhs vault we are back at camp crystal lake yes battle cat get excited (laughs) next week we're back to what apparently in 1984 was the final chapter jason
1: yes the final chapter until the next chapter
0: until the next chapter exactly one year later (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they didn't even give it a year break <laughs> i went straight into the after i have very fond memories of this film i do consider it my personal favorite friday the 13th um from my memory but we're rediscovering so that list yep. is changing all it's the time.
1: as my memory serves it's definitely one of the best it's not yeah. my favorite but it is one of the best
0: and, I, and uh, I'm and looking forward to doing that. And, of course, at the end of that episode, we'll get to spin the wheel of names and find out which random movie we'll be watching the week after. But until then, guys, you can find me at my social media above at VHS underscore Jason TikTok and Twitter because I'm lazy and that's the only two platforms. But if you want to see someone who's actually organised and is actually quite good at it, check out jason roy gaston you can find him freaking everywhere at this point at jason roy gaston
1: i'm i'm burt reynolds in 1981 i'm everywhere and i and have confidence wanna... that i haven't earned
0: <laughs> and if you want to turn out more adventures about
1: battlecat
0: make sure to check it out because we are getting a pretty well deep inside look at the machinations and real life struggles of battlecat yes. are we not jason
1: yeah. yes uh she has a dark twisted mind and it is laid bare for you
0: so it's investigative journalism at its best and be sure to check that on any social media and uh, we'll catch you guys next time thanks for watching i oh, don't forget please like subscribe commit comment do anything you know send us money or ferraris i'd be happy with a new car actually that lamborghini at the beginning of this film
1: that would be oh a really beautiful car. car beautiful car beautiful
0: all right that's bye for me Let's buy from Jason and say bye-bye, Battle Cat. Bye-bye, Battle Cat. We'll see you guys next time.